This episode of the Red Bull Rant is brought to you by the fine patrons that support us through patreon.com slash Red Bull Rant. You can be a patron too for the low, low price of $1 a month, and you can get exclusive content every month, including a monthly wrap-up for the New York Red Bulls. We want to spend a special shout-out to our patron who supports us at $5 a month. Uh, that is our producer-level credit. Thank you, Jeremiah Dempster, for supporting the show. Now, on to the podcast. The Red Bull Rant is a free-flowing conversation amongst three lifelong wackos that may contain adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, my friends, Jennifer Renz. This is the Red Bull Ramp Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Ipico. I'm Pat McDonald. I'm Truman, and this is May Recap Episode. Yay. That sounded like it was going into a Doctor Who voiceover. Woo! I don't know how that song goes, but there you go. That was my doctor. <laughs> that was actually pretty close. Woo! Have you actually watched Doctor Who? I'm uh, assuming no. not. No, that, that'd be correct. I do not. I remember watching the really old ones. My brother would watch them, and then I was mad because I wanted to watch cartoons. Now, you know what? I was about to make a reference, but now I can't remember what the stupid character was that made the reference. The Dalek. You sounded like a Dalek from the show. That's what I was... Cool. I bet that's cool. And There's... maybe like two people got that out of the eight people <laughs> that listened to this. It's not where we are, Constable Reggie, but when. Oh, wait, that w- wasn't that like the community joke? That's Inspector Space Time from Community, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I guess we could talk soccer now. Sure. Uh, so, New York Ripples had a very, very good month in May. Almost, almost perfect. Almost perfecto. But they were unbeaten, so there's that. Uh, That's three wins, one draw, zero losses. Started off with a very, very nice 4 nothing win. Uh, against NYCFC at home, then one away to Colorado, two one, one away to Atlanta, three one. Unfortunately, giving up a draw to Philly, zero zero this past week, and we'll talk more about that game on Thursday. So this, yeah, is, still yuck. Yeah, yeah. Still yuck, but we're not talking specifics. But mostly about that. We're not talking really about that game yet. So, um, <clears throat> overall for the their standings right now for the league, seven three one record, twenty two points, plus fourteen goal difference. Fourth place in the conference, three points back of Atlanta, which was better. I think they were like seven points back of NYC when they started the month. Yeah. And they helped NYC not become first anymore. Uh, Overall, Supporter Shields, fifth place, three behind Atlanta and SKC. And they have a game in hand on Atlanta and two in hand on Sporting Kansas City. There you go. Red hot. Yeah. So hot right now. I can't do do the voice, but... those Red Bulls are so hot right now. <laughs> there you go. All right. So likes, dislikes. Yeah, obviously start with dislikes because we had not happy notes. Uh, Trim, we'll start with you. What did you dislike about the month of May? Um, I guess scoreless draw against Philly. What else is it a dislike? That's it. That's what ruined perfection this month. Um, <laughs> I, maybe I could handle a 1-1 draw or a 2-2 draw, but ending the month on a scoreless yuck fest. Uh, that was only saved by the worst PK miss in, in team history. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard to get mad about anything else. I think that's really it. It's just they 
very, very lackluster game, extremely lackluster game for them. So um, they were kind of lucky to escape with the point. I mean, I, I, I agree. I think it's it's the Philly home. I mean, of course, it's also the most recent game, so I think it's really, like, sitting there in our mind's eye, like, more so than anything else. Like, if this 0-0 zero, zero draw happened in the beginning of the month, would it be our worst, our big dislike? I don't know. Um but yeah, it's it's it is because I mean you know it's just it's just, it was yeah gross. I guess I could say more about it on Thursday, but it was just like a blah drab game uh, to end you know a, a three game streak that was really uh, impressive. So four uh, actually, you're forgetting the LA the win in LA. Well, I'm talking about May games. You know, okay, just May games. Um, any this is a month wrap, wrap up, Jay. Anything that happened before May. Never happened. <laughs> non-existent. It doesn't exist. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so it's, it's just a blech end to a very, very good month. Yeah, I guess that's... You know what? Just to be different, and this is just completely facetious, the fact that we didn't win 7 nothing at home to New York. <laughs> <laughs> just because I got to throw something in there. Um, all right, so like of the month, Pat, what did you like the most? Uh, I mean, well, the away win streak continues. Um, you know, it's Colorado's not the most uh, uh, intimidating team, but it, it certainly is not the most fun place to play at altitude up in Denver. Um, so that was an impressive 2-1 win. Uh, they went away through, I mean, Atlanta looked like they were running away with the league. And so, uh, you know, the Red Bulls got the 3-1 win. So uh, going back to April, yeah, April exists again. Um, you know, the, the away winning streak uh, that they got against LA, Colorado, and now Atlanta, uh, it's extremely impressive. And it, it's, it is the type of thing that you see out of teams that win supporter shields. Um, so hopefully this is something that continues. Uh, I mean, obviously June is going to be a bit tough to players that are going to be missing, but, um, you know, uh, yeah, let's hope they can keep it up. 100% doubling down on what you just said. Yeah. Uh, it's very hard to win three straight road games, and they won again. Colorado, where Colorado, good or bad, the Red Bulls just don't play well there. Yeah. They just don't. So, and that, that was big. And to be up 2 nothing, give up a goal towards the end of the game, uh, you still felt they kind of had that one in control. Was it very nervy? And then uh, I don't really want to talk too much about Atlanta because I want to talk about it a little later. But again, a place they hadn't played before yeah. uh, in a packed, packed stadium, on a national game, that that's pretty damn good to win. Win there, it's it's just it's extremely impressive. I can't believe we're not talking about NYCFC game right now because yeah. uh, it was the best result of the month. But I, I just I have to put those two massive away wins ahead of that one. I mean, it's context, right? Like you, when you're at home, you expect to win. Mm-hmm. And that's something we'll talk about with our guests later on. But um, you would expect to win. Uh, the NYC game, I think the reason it's not as big as the Atlanta game is – or maybe why it should be bigger is we didn't expect the win at the time. Like when we went into Atlanta, we really didn't expect it because it's, you know, a road game and a stadium and a play before all that stuff. And to win, especially the way we did with calls going our way, right, because that's kind of the big, the big thing with that win is we got a bunch of calls that actually went our way. Granted, most of them were right, but they were, you know, VAR actually stepped in and fixed it. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't generally happen for this team. So, to finally get that on the road, it's like, hey, 
and then you know come out in the second half the way they didn't just put two up in like ten minutes and take all the energy out of that stadium was just uh, my like. I'm going to talk about the Colorado win only because I think when we went into that game, like all of a sudden we could see it being a trap game after the NYC win. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, granted it was a tough game to get through, but they did get through it. Right. Like given how they started, it should not have been two one. It should have been like three, nothing four nothing, but they were able to get through that game and hold on to a lead, especially after, I forget. No, they didn't score first, right? Or I mean, they didn't score second, right? We we scored two goals and then they scored one. <clears throat> Correct. Okay, but either way, so that they held on to the lead in a was what was a bad weather night, even though it wasn't raining for most of the game um, at altitude, which they don't normally play at. Like that's that's a big stepping stone, especially when they came off of the big home win. You would expect some sort of drop off, and they were able to maintain their momentum, which is huge. Right, they've. I mean, again, those these games, they have not taken their foot off the gas. That's, you know, aside from Philly, it was just with a little bit of a letdown. But to play that hard for these games all month is extremely impressive, and something we sensed at the very beginning of the season. That it's like, wow, these guys look like they can run with absolutely anybody, and they've clearly proven that. All right, so. You know what? I got to throw this in now because if I don't, I feel like we're doing it as a service. I probably should make this my like. The fact that Ryan Maris stepped in in, in the last two games and we haven't lost. Yeah. Because really, I mean, the fact that they're, they were 3-1, three 3-1-0 and one, three, one and zero for the month is great. But the fact that we did it with two different goalkeepers and gave up two goals all month, and, like, that's and amazing. Goaltending was absolutely solid. Yeah, absolutely I mean – Mara saved that, what, like a good, like four should have been goals in the Atlanta game, right? Mm hmm. So, I mean, like two of those go in, and all of a sudden we're talking about a draw or even a loss. So, kudos, Ryan Mara. I know you're, you're not listening to this show, but kudos. <laughs> you're not even, and you're not listening not because it's on Patreon, <laughs> or not because it's on Patreon. You're listening because you probably don't listen anyway. Um, anyway, uh, game of the month. I don't remember if we did this last month, but we, we used the February one. So game of the month, which which one do you guys point out? Uh, I, you know, Atlanta, again, I think what Truman said in his uh, like of the month, um, you kind of want NYCFC to be a bigger game because uh, anytime you spank your local rival, uh, it's a beautiful thing. But, you know, Despite the the run that the team was on, nobody expected them to go down to Atlanta and win three one, and they looked absolutely dominant against what was the best team in the league at the time. Um, so I think that's what you got to go with. You got to go at, in, against Atlanta against forty thousand plus fans um, and winning very convincingly three to one. That's, the, that's easily the game. And, and again, I'm with you. I can't believe I, I'm not going to say the New York game because God, that was just so wonderful being there. It was so nice, and to win to win that convincingly and just score seconds in was great. But you, you go into Atlanta and you whoop their ass. I mean, you whoop their ass in the second half. I mean, you know they get they get the call in the first half, 
uh, late in the first half, equalize on the PK, but to really just come out and dominate and frustrate the living hell out of them to where we talked about it last week. It looked like they just wanted to get a player sent off. Someone was getting sent off in that game. Yeah, they, That's how the Red Bulls just drove them absolutely crazy. It was just such a... Such a great result. And again, we're gonna, I'm just going to keep driving the point home. that It was like a, another road win. Easily could have kind of dialed that one in and go, oh, you know what? We're going to just maybe pray to get any kind of result and then we'll win in Philly or win at, you know, win at home against Philly. And they just, they just didn't. They just something about them adjusting in the second half. And I think they've been doing that all year so far as just being the better team in the second half. Uh, and it was just, just so impressive. Uh, I'm going with the NYC game, one to be different, and two because I was there, and it was my first Hudson Derby game. So fair. I mean, come on. I mean, if you look at if you look technically, maybe that should be the better game because again, they scored four goals. They didn't give up a goal. Uh, they scored two goals in what was five, it? Like four or five minutes. minutes. Yeah. So I mean, really, that should be it, but. And God, I mean, we're not taking any way thing anything away from that game because it is wonderful, wonderful. Oh, and my runner up for best game of the month is going to be the game one of the Stanley Cup Finals because that was awesome. <laughs> what a game that I was! Wish, I wish I stayed up for the third period. Wow, what a game! All right, uh, player of the month, Kaku, Kaku, Kaku. So I'm going to say I'm getting it in first before you guys do. Uh, was it during the Atlanta game where I think they mentioned maybe he should have been in the uh, Champions League game? Yes. Oh, it really? Was it was 12 minutes. That yeah. said, it might have been a good idea. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah. He, 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 TT was right. The guy has just been <laughs> unbelievable. Simply unbelievable. Uh, how quickly we can forget about Sasha right now, right? Oh, yeah. Sasha is uh, definitely a thing of the past. Uh, yeah, Kaku, uh, double down. Like what do you know? Like other than Philly, where uh, you know him being shut down, I think showed how important he is. Um, you know, so he certainly got the, the big time assist this month. So uh, Kaku, yeah. Uh, just to be different again, I'm gonna go with Mara because to step in as a goalkeeper, especially into the game in Atlanta, it you know that's not a small feat. So. To come to come in two games cold after not playing all year, and then to give up only one goal in two games, especially on the road, to a high scoring team, that's that's an impressive feat. All right, uh, any afterthoughts on May? Great month, absolutely great month. I mean, here's my thing, and unfortunately, uh, I don't want to bring it up again and bring the mood down. But boy, if you wanted to bring the fans out. It was it was to win against the Smurfs, win in Colorado, beat Atlanta. You would think you could pack the house on a Saturday night, but you know what? Excuse time. It was Memorial Day weekend, and the crowd sucked. You know, excuse time. And Although the, say weather, this, the weather was bad, right? Yeah, the yeah. weather was not the best, but you know what? Uh, it wasn't 40 degrees, and it's a covered roof if it's raining. So, come on. Yeah, it's a, it really is a shame that we can't. Uh, pack that house. I mean, that really was the run-up games that you think would get a crowd out. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I'm talking on my ass because I was also in Rhode Island that day. So you know, it's not like I was there yelling. It's just, it, I don't know. It's just kind of a bummer. I mean, I you would hope the the uh, 
the soccer mom family fan would be the ones that go, ooh, this looks interesting. Oh, this team's doing really well. Let's go to a game. Because the diehards are going to be there. Yeah. But they're playing, they're playing amazing soccer right now. Amazing soccer. Come on, people. Yeah. I don't know. All right. I have no afterthoughts. So that only leaves us one, one last thing before the break. Truman's terrible team of the month. I'm just going to throw it to D.C. because they suck. <laughs> That's good, it. It's a good fallback. It, it is because they suck. And they, they really stink. And unfortunately, it's not Philly, who I was hoping was going to stink more than they do. Well, Montreal, who's playing for like 2013 BC levels. Oh, yeah, Montreal is it's just ghastly and, and losing terribly. Yeah. Actually, Montreal and DC are tied on points, but Montreal has three more games played. Jesus. Yeah. Yeesh. How did yeah. Montreal already play 13 games? 13 games, 10 losses. Yeah. DC Ten. has two wins, two, three draws, and four losses. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll always stick with DC. Prove me wrong. Get, get out of the basement. <laughs> you, you won't have to uh, be acknowledged as, as my terrible team of every month. All right. Uh, so, with that, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have on with us former Red Bull player, currently works for MLS Soccer, uh, Stephen Keel. We'll be back with more Red Bull Rant right after this. Welcome back to the Red Bull Rant. We want to welcome onto the show for the first time ever, former uh, Red Bulls player, uh, Mr. Stephen Keel. Stephen, welcome to the show. Gents, it's a pleasure. I, I, I do have to – I just heard that. First time ever. How, how is this the first time I've ever been on the show? What's going on here? Well, we're not, uh, we're not exactly popular, I think, with, with the, the front office. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. Uh, I will leave that as be. It is a pleasure to be here, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, first Demon Deacon. That, that's I'll take that. First thing, Deacon. There's a lot of us in the league, so uh, there's no there's no current current Deeks on the on the Red Bulls. I don't think. I don't think so. Is there a Wake Forest in Europe? Then maybe. <laughs> there might be. Bobby Muse down at Wake Forest. He's doing some crazy stuff down there. But anyways, I digress. Uh, we we can digress all night. I'm pretty sure we can find like multiple firsts if we really wanted to. <laughs> Uh, so we're here to talk about uh, the Red Bulls uh, month of May. They, uh, as you told me in, in the email, 10 points in tw- out of 12, uh, pretty good month. What have your impressions been of the Red Bulls, especially since the, uh, I guess like right before the end of April uh, when they were out of CONCACAF and they kind of kicked this this run that they're on and, uh, and finally got some points in the standings? Yeah, I think, you know, you talked about, I think everyone was kind of curious to see how they would, you know, what would be the reaction after, you know, being knocked out of CONCACAF in the fashion they did um, at home. Um, we all know how that game played out. But they really, you know, I think kind of embodied what they've been all along is is they have their their system. Um, Jesse Marsh has a plan, and they've, they've executed on that. I mean, I think you look at the results in the month of May, you know, starting off with, you know, being the rival, 4-0 at home um, in tremendous fashion. And then they kind of just rolled on after that, you know, big win 
at Colorado, which again, Colorado's not in the best of form, but anytime you go into a place like that at altitude, get a, uh, a win is huge. So, um, I think it's just, you know, the reaction after the CONCACAF last or the loss has been, uh, has been tremendous. Would it be disappointing to you at all that, again, you, you beat NYCFC for nothing, you win in Colorado, you win in Atlanta, and then you come home and a zero zero draw against Philly. If you were on the team, if you were a player, like how do you react to that kind of just, uh, I mean, it was kind of a rough game to watch too. It was not very good. Uh, would that kind of bum you out or would you take the, the, uh, the side of like, Hey, at least we got a point out of this. No. And actually I think I remember back to one of the games when I was playing at Red Bull arena. I think, you know, when I was on the team and I, I can only imagine it's the same right there. Anytime we played at, at, at Red Bull arena, we expected to win, get three points. So, um, I think the guys are going to be disappointed. Like you said, you're coming off, you know, basically you were at four wins in a row. Um, Philadelphia, who, who, who's been playing well the last couple of weeks? Um, you know, they're, they're starting to find a little bit of form. But again, at home, you want to get all three points. Um, at the end of the day, you're going to, you know, when the media and everything, you're probably going to give a positive spin that look for a while that Philadelphia could have, could have taken the win. Oof. You know, CJ Sapong misses the penalty. Um, which would have been even more disastrous at home. But I think it's one of those is you kind of, you know, you're disappointed, but you got to quickly rebound and, uh, you know, a tough game at New England this weekend. I, I mean, I, I don't want to break down games specifically, but how that is a brutal, brutal mess on the PK. Like, how do you even shake that one off? I mean, that's the life of a forward. And that's why, you know, like, uh, I was why they put me at center back, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was watching it and I mean, cause Ryan Mira goes, he, he gets him going the wrong way. He just got to put it on frame. Um, but I mean, CJ, he's, he's a veteran in this league. Um, you know, he, he's missed chances, but he scores chances. So I think, you know, you just got to literally, and that's the, that's the beauty of being a forward is a, is a short term memory and, and on to the next one. Pat, do you want to go? Uh, no, you got some awesome. Go ahead. Oh, that's right, because that's Pat's thing. He doesn't ask questions. Oh, by the way, <laughs> I'm waiting for something to come up. I'm bad at this. So, don't worry. Pat's getting. He's going to get his U.S. Men's National Team question in, like right at the end. He's that's right. Right. that's how I roll. That that's what he's saving up for. Perfect, perfect. Can't wait for that one. Um. So yeah, if you look, you look at the Red Bulls. Obviously, undefeated this month. Uh, going into New England. Do you feel, is there another team? I mean, I think we're all kind of, I mean, us podcast people think that Red Bulls are probably the best team in the league right now. I think they are. I think they're playing absolutely fantastic, uh, feeling notwithstanding. What other teams in the, U, in the league do you think are playing uh, at their level right now? Um, I think if you look at this very moment, uh, you know, I know they went into Atlanta, got a good result down there, but I feel like Atlanta is always is going to be a tough, uh, tough team this year. I think the way Portland Six wins in a row. Um, they're in great form. But I have to agree with you. I think, you know, if you had to say, you know, you have to pick one team, it's tough not to pick the Red Bulls. Obviously, tough. The result against Philadelphia, not the best. But they're, but for me, one of the most important things is defensively how well they've been playing, at, you know, with, uh, you know, you bring in, you know, you lose Luis Robles for, you know, a couple weeks. Ryan Maris comes in and, and plays out of his mind. And, uh, you know, I'm super happy for him uh, for that. But, I think from front to back, you just look at how solid they are. Um, you know, everyone, you know, BWP gets all the credit, and rightfully so. The guy is, is one of the, one of the all-time greats. But from you know, in the middle to the back, the goalkeeping, it's hard to see another team that you know that can match up with that personnel. So I know Pat's going to ask United States stuff eventually. <laughs> He's winding um, up. 
Yeah. But so the Red Bulls are losing a few players to international duty. Um, Tyler Adams, uh, Tim Parker been called up for the United States European tour. Um, Etienne has been called up. Uh, I'm trying to remember Mario and I can't remember the other guy for some reason. Um, thank you. Escobar. Um, given that we're not really seeing a customary break, you know, like MLS usually get, there's like a two, three week break in June. We're not really seeing it this year. So, how do you think that those call-ups are going to hurt the Red Bulls, at least for the month of June? Yeah, I mean, anytime you lose, like, key pieces like, you know, Tim Parker, Tyler Adams, um, you know, Derek Etienne, I think, you know, he's been not always a, a starter, but what he's brought off the bench has been fantastic. Um, and then I think Mario, the, you know, right back. But I, it's one of those, and I feel like it's one of the compliments to our league is, I think, had this happened... 15 years ago, it would be a bigger deal. I think now with the depth, especially with Red Bulls in particular, the depth they have on this team, they might be the t- deepest team in the league. I think they'll be okay. Um, you know, you got you got veterans who are on the bench um, who are ready to come in and who contributed. Um, you know, Connor Lay comes to mind. Um, you know, Colin, different guys who have been around the league. They know what it's about. So um, obviously, you never want to lose your you know your top flight players but i feel like for the red bulls they'll be they'll be just fine is is bwp the only player on this team that is the guy that you absolutely cannot lose at all i think so i think uh for sure he, he's one of the guys you can't lose um kaku still the season's young still a little bit to be seen but he's shaping him to be something special um you know I think the way that the connection that he and bwp have I think it would be tough, um, you know, that creative spark. He kind of has that, you know, that it factor, if you will. Um, but, yeah, first and foremost, you can have, I don't think you can lose BWP. And then uh, Kaku's not too far behind him. I think it's just amazing that, you know, they do ro- lose Robles for a couple games and Ryan Mir is just – he just comes in and he just does it like he's been playing all year. It, it, it's amazing. It, it's, you know, Ryan's come in in, in the last two games, and it's almost people forget that Luis started the, the previous 180, however many games and stuff, um, which is crazy. So, but uh, Ryan actually, I, I was I played in Ryan's first game back in uh, when he first came in the league. I think it was 2012 against Dallas, and he was he was I knew he was something special then, and I mean. What a credit to him for being patient and, and everything and continuing to work hard. And he gets his moment and he takes it. So I couldn't be happy for him. So this is going to be kind of a unique perspective because I don't think we've actually had a player that's been involved in on a team during a goalkeeper shift like this before. So since you mentioned, you know, being there in 2012, you were on the team when um, Mary went down and Robles started his streak. So right. what was it like, especially as a defender, having to – not only worry about a key guy or your team not being there, but to now have to build chemistry with new keeper as a defender, as the guy that's trying to stop him from having to make those spectacular shots that he's so good at saving. Right. And I'll take it even back. I was on the year before when we had, Oh, we had almost five. We had Frank Rose came in, oh, yeah. Duel, Greg Sutton, <laughs> and, uh, Alex, Alex Horvath started one. We had literally five or uh, six goalkeepers throughout the year. That's right. Um, that was the year before, and then obviously Ryan started the next, the first six games got hurt, and then Luis started his streak. Um, but it does, it does take a little bit of time to, to get used to the goalkeeper, um, the way they communicate. Are they, you know, are they, do they really want to yell? Do they want to, you know, what kind of, how they 
organize the team uh, and just you know, are they ones that like you know, like they come off the line and they're more going to want to stay at home. Um, so it takes a little bit of time to, to get used to it. Uh, I think probably the beauty in this is that Ryan's been there for so long um, that everyone has a good feel for how you know his style and the way he goes about it, um, which I think has been helpful and is, and is shown in the last two results. Does it surprising at all that he's he just loves being here? Do you think it's just the guy that just loves where he is? Are you surprised he wouldn't kind of go find a starting job elsewhere? I'm interested in that because obviously at the end of the day, all these guys are competitors and they want to play. Um, you know, obviously him being here, it, it's it's nice to be home. Um, but I am a little surprised that maybe you know he hasn't explored uh, an option of, of going somewhere to be a starting keeper. But at the same time, if you're Jesse Marsh or the or, uh, in the front office, like there's no way in hell I'm letting that guy go um, for this exact reason because you know this game, you never know what can happen. Luis goes down with an injury. Well, now you got a backup who's, and from my money, he's not even a backup. He's he, he's a uh, starting level quality in this league. So you have him to fill right in. So you you know we were talking about death earlier. Sorry, I've had anybody say, but I, <laughs> but it continues this thought. So you know, Mara was kind of a leader on the 2016 USL side that won the title that year. And thinking about, you know, Tyler Adams, Sean Davis, um, and I know he's not with the team right now, but like Brent, or no, I'm not, why am I thinking Brandon Allen? I don't know. But the point is, like he was on the USL team with, you know, a few of the starters now is that the fact that the Red Bulls had that opportunity available in 2016, is that any, or is that part of the reason why that we're seeing Mayor be able to step in and basically not miss a beat? I think so. I think it goes to, to two parts to there is, is he's, you know, he may not be getting games. Um, and that's the beauty of having Red Bull two or, or, you know, those, those second tier teams is the guys may, maybe like Ryan, he deserves to be playing right now, but for whatever reason, and obviously Luis Robles is, is fantastic. Um, he can go down there, get games, um, and stay sharp in that form. But then also, like you said, like, Things, one of the things that Red Bull does so well is they bring the guys up through the academy, through the USL, um, through their, their second team. And so these guys have played with each other. So when they get in the first team, now it's like, well, you know, we, we, we have a little bit of uh, chemistry already because for the previous two years we've been playing playing together. So I think that helps Ryan. I think it's kept him sharp. And it's a credit to what they what they do at Red Bull, um, you know, and uh, what they're doing at Red Bull, too. I think, you know, the, the success they've had at, at, at that level is translating to the success they're having at the first team level. Yeah, that, that success through the, uh, you know, academy through Red Bull 2 through the first team certainly produces good players, such as Matt Miazga, who's already left, <laughs> and Tyler Adams, who looks like he's about to leave. Yeah. Um, with the rumor of Adams, and not only Adams, but also possibly Jesse Marsh heading over to Red Bull Leipzig, how does the team deal with that? Um, do they let it get – I mean, not, how do they get it, push it out of the head and just focus on the job at hand? You know, um, for me, I dealt with this a little bit in Dallas with uh, Fabian Castillo, who was linked to, to be leaving a lot during um, – when I was playing with him. And it becomes one of those things that, you, you know, you, you initially hear the, uh, the rumblings. And you just kind of like, okay, you know, if it happens, it happens. But, like, there's just more things that you're concerned with. Um, you know, you're concerned with, with stopping CJ Sapong, stopping Joseph Martinez, or, or whoever it might be, or the opponent at the weekend. So I think and knowing Jesse, the form I, that I know him, the team and stuff, is they're pretty good about focusing on what the objective right now um, and letting the kind of the off-field rumors just be that off-field rumor. So uh, I don't think it'll affect any 
of the players. I don't think it affected any of the coaching staff. And and listen, the league and the way we are right now, and especially if you're on a quality team and you and you have quality players, these rumors are going to be out there. So um, it's up to the guys to be good pros in the locker room and just focus on on what's a, what at hand. Speaking of the league, I'm going to move on a little bit from the Red Bulls since we talked a lot. I was stunned, and I had no idea that was going to happen until we mentioned on the podcast last week that starting next year, Cincinnati is playing in MLS. Right. How were you? Was that as a shock to you? I mean, did you hear any hints or anything that was like, hey, next year they're going to be in the league? I hadn't heard about the 2019 stuff. Uh, you know, obviously, in the expansion stuff going on, you know, we, we're, we have a little bit of insight inside information um, at the league office. But, yeah, listen, I mean, what they've got down there is, is special. And, and actually was speaking with a couple of people who were at the event um, for the uh, announcement that they're, they'll be the next uh, expansion team. They say everyone they spoke to there is that it's a special environment and it is something unique that they have down there. So um, I think the benefit that they have is that they already have a team um, as opposed to some of these other uh, teams have come in previously. They didn't necessarily have a team in place, so I think that helps them. But to be fair, I was a little shocked that, yeah, like, listen, they're, they're going to kick off their season in less than, you know, eight it's months or whatever it is. And that's, that's crazy. Um, but, you know, it, it should be interesting. And um, I was listening to a podcast with uh, Luke Sassano, their uh, technical director, and they're off and running and um, a former Red Bull as well. Luke, yep, uh, yep. The Red Bulls were everywhere, man. That's right. So uh, it, it is a little shocking that they're coming right in, but um, from all accounts, from top to bottom, they're doing it the right way, and uh, they're really going after it. All right, so we're about winding down, so it's time for U.S. talk time. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's get it. Uh, Pat has three questions. We have one. So. Yeah, that's right. This is Pat time. <laughs> so uh, I'm guessing you watched the game against uh, Bolivia on Monday. Uh, the youth movement took, uh, was in full effect. So can we say that the U.S. is definitely winning the 2022 World Cup? 100% without a doubt. Um, yeah, U.S. is definitely going to win 2020 World Cup. Um, let's see. We'll go with uh, Josh Sargent will be the Golden Boot winner. And, um, I'm going to put Zach Steffen as the Golden Glove winner. There you go. That's what I like to hear. Of course. Uh, no, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a good little sign. I mean, I see these kids uh, producing a little. I mean, I know it was a Bolivia, and I think they even say, like, D-side. But, um, you know, it's nice to see kids perform against whoever is against them. I think, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, granted, the opponent um, maybe wasn't as the top quality. Uh, but, listen, there's a lot of games we've seen that, you know, the U.S. is going to be favored in a lot of games. So, it's, But it's still at the time you're still playing against guys who are pros. And you've got to produce. So, and the way they did it was, it was, it was entertaining. It was, uh, I think, you know, so instead of breath of fresh air to see these, the youngsters come through and to be on that stage and, and to perform, the moment wasn't too big. Um, and so it, it was, it was very encouraging. So, um, you mean, I think a couple guys had some, some standout performances, um, which was great. Uh, you know, great to see Walker Zimmerman in there, healthy, scoring a goal. Uh, Weston McKinney kid's an absolute stud um and, you know it's it says something when uh christian Pulisic, you know i don't know if he was he he wasn't even one of the the top five best players on the field like yeah, right. you know i mean obviously listen we all know he's probably one of the he's probably one of our best players but i think it's just good that those guys can step up in that moment and 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 deliver 
All right, so final question, Elisa. This is about the World Cup. You got a thousand dollars. You're one of New Jersey's fancy new betting parlors. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you betting to win it all in the 2018 World Cup? Oh man, you put me on the spot. I'm going to go with, uh, you know, I think France. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to go wow. with the 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 French. I think so. I think. I mean, you look at the roster. It's just like an embarrassment of riches uh, with their their team. But gosh, yeah, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go French. I only get one pick. Who are you guys going with? I'm gonna put my money on Italy. Oh wait, no, no, no. That, <laughs> oh, that's a real, it's a real shame. It's a real shame. I'm gonna go. Oh God. Well, we know it's not England because they're gonna screw it up. Uh, I'll I'll always go with the Germans just because they're gigantic. So I don't know. I just it's just my my. I don't feel I'm not feeling Spain, so I'll go with Germany. I guess. I like that. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm a tiny bit German, so I'm gonna go Germany as well. <laughs> like that. You can't go wrong. I mean, listen. There's like the usual suspects. I feel like the usual suspects, but yeah, Germany, Spain, France. One of those three. So, since the. Uh... The men's team is playing France in the friendly on the ninth. If we somehow come away with a draw, does that mean we're co World Cup champions? <laughs> Not, yeah, a hundred percent. Or, or if we beat them in that game, it means we're better than France. So, if they win the World Cup, we should yeah, exactly. We could just so, take that. That's how math works, right? <laughs> no, I think it's so. If we beat France uh, in a couple of weeks and they win the World Cup, we should play them again for the chance to be World Cup champions because we beat them, right? I think that's fair. I think that's very you fair. See, see, based on what happened with the uh, entry for the Confederations Cup, I don't believe that that's a good idea. <laughs> I think if we win, just take it and run. Yeah, listen, yeah, hey, let's not get cocky here, guys. We'll take our win in a friendly, and then we'll move on. <laughs> All right, so I have, I have a couple more questions. Uh, this is the first one. Uh, you're playing in the biggest game of your life, okay? There's a, probably about, like, 60,000 people in the stadium. Crowd's going crazy. And your goalie picks up an easy ball and then throws it into the forward of the other team and the ball goes in net. How do you not launch that goalie into outer space? I I don't know that or there's a shot from about thirty five yards out that just slips through his hand. I honestly but I, I this is like the the player I, I I feel for him because you know, like you could see on his face uh the tears and everything. I mean as mad as and upset that you are as a teammate, you know he feels ten times worse. Um, so I, when I saw that, you know, it, it, it was it would, made me kind of sick to my stomach because you just knew how bad and how. Oh, but it was that was tough. That was tough. You know, so when I saw that happen, by the way, I was reminded of BWP's um, yellow card against New England a few years ago when he was he was yellow carded for obstructing the the goalie distribution. And I feel like that was pretty close to what we saw in the Champions League final. So, I, I don't know. Jay, why are you even throwing that ball? Because Why? Well, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, they, I think they were trying to make the argument that uh, that he was instructing him. But when you look at the replay, especially from the back, he's a good, like, yard, yard and a half away. I I agree. I think you, you see him there. You see so many times when goalies like that, they'll give a pump fake. And then, you know, maybe this time we just can't, we can't build out of the back and we'll, you know, we'll catch him next time. <sighs> that was hard. That was, that was, t- that was, I mean, what a, you know, opposite of emotions. You have that, you know, blunder and then you have, you know, Bale's goal. One of the greatest goals in, in finals history. It's, you, you see one of the worst goals in finals history and one of the, the greatest goals. It's, it's, uh, man, what, what, I mean, what an entertaining match though. 
Uh, Truman's a Liverpool fan, so of course he had yeah, it. Yeah, hurts. Pain. It oh, pains me. Yeah, it's oh, very man. painful. Right. I mean, it must, and then, uh, but Salah goes out, I mean. That was, I think, the worst part of the whole game. For you, is that a dirty play? It's a dirty play. You think so? It's it's like the Daniel Bryan uh, cross-arm breaker in pro wrestling. That's what it is. It's like a takedown. Yeah. yeah. Rough. Why am I not surprised you found a way to ref- reference wrestling in that? Yeah, because I can always get that in there. Uh, Jay, did you have one more? Or can I ask my last question? You're, you're good. I'm, uh, nothing else. All right. I just I have a. I'm gonna, we're going to play an audio clip here, and then I just have a question to ask you right afterwards. So, Jay, go ahead and play the audio clip. Cross it. <gasps> yes! What a goal! What a team goal, baby! Off the crossbar, Dre with a highlight save, counterattack, Joseph Martinez to Nacho, boom, 2-1! That's a good team goal. Hey, that's a good team. I don't care where you're from. That's a good soccer goal. What exactly is a soccer goal? <laughs> a soccer goal? Oh, man. Gosh. I used to get killed for... I used to say, what's up, soccer friends? And people did not react well. <laughs> but I still maintain to this day, listen, we call it soccer in... Here in America, it's called soccer. So, But, listen... That was a good team soccer goal. You should, you should check it out. <laughs> I, I was making sure it wasn't a hockey goal. I just was, I got a little confused there. Right? Just let you know. It's just like it's like like you know. It's like Parker to Adams to Kaku to BWP. It's a good goal. Good soccer goal. You know. No argument there. You know, there's a lot of times I, I on a daily basis, not daily basis, I'll look in the mirror and just be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> Like, what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. So we expect to see you patrolling uh, the sidelines at Red Bull Arena uh, for many future games. I would hope. Totally. Yeah, I try to get out there as much as possible. It's always uh, it, it's it's awesome to be back there. Uh, you know, still friends and on the team and front office coaching staff and stuff but it's a little tough because you still get that little itch where you walk into the arena and you want to go in the locker room and you're like nope you're definitely <laughs> in there. Um, but it's great the fans are always uh are very are appreciative and it's, it's awesome and stuff so technically i'm there um with uh you know i work for the league so i'm there unbiased but I may have a Red Bulls jersey on underneath. Nice. Don't don't tell anybody about that. What you should do, what you should do is wait till halftime when the little kids come out and just take the penny <laughs> off. You got their jersey and you just school those kids. Right? Yeah, like like Joel Embiid's dunking on guys in uh in Philly in basketball. I can go out there and just like just, you know, slide tackle a little 9-year-old <laughs> cleats and, up. Studs up, tackle, maybe a little Sergio Ramos, tackle on a little kid, score a goal, shirts off, and I run in the locker room. Beautiful. I mean, listen, if, if, if Tim Parker's away with the national team, oh. Jesse Marsh is going to need another center back. He's got your number. You you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, he's got my number, and he's definitely blocked me. <laughs> All right, uh, so – we're going to wrap this one up, but uh, Stephen, where can uh, people follow you online? Where can they see your work? You cool. take, take the chance to make yourself known. If you ride, do they want to, if they, they want to see some more soccer goals, um, <laughs> they can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at StephenKeel22. And then um, they can see uh, on MLSsoccer.com and uh, MLS's uh, YouTube page. Check out those. I'll be my face pops up there quite often. So, again, I have no idea how they let me do some of the stuff I do. 
until they fire me, I guess I'll hang out. That's right. Perfect. Get the money while you can. <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, you guys are going to pay me to play some video games? I'm like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> and that's a good segue because uh, the people who are listening to this show paid us to make it. So thank you guys for tuning in to a Patreon-exclusive show recapping May 2018 for the Red Bulls. Uh, we're not going to do the normal stuff because you know where we are. Yep. So Bye-bye. So for Pat, Truman, Stephen, and myself, thank you for tuning in. And as always, go Red Bulls. Bye. Thanks.